episode of too young for an old talk i'm abriana and i'm new and this week we are getting switching into it not really switching it up what do you okay you go what do you mean by switching it up i just mean because i feel like it's in a field we haven't well we we've obviously we mentioned it in to some degree but we haven't really entered into it so you yeah. mean we're starting something new yeah you wanted to believe that we're switching it up. <laughs> you want to trick yourself into thinking that, okay? Sure. Allegedly. Now we have proof. So, the topic of nine to five, normal job, proper job, real job. Standard. Yeah. The nine to five lifestyle versus entrepreneurship. What we think about the stigmas that have been attached to that entire discussion and to each, we're calling, I'm calling it a lifestyle. I don't know if that's the right word, but each <laughs> like lifestyle work space in its own respects. And then how we've seen other people treat the topic and our thoughts on that. Yeah. That pretty much sums it up. I feel like a lot of it, as per most topics nowadays, um, ties in with social media. But not only from as a discussion piece, but as a way of actually, you know, diverging from this traditional nine to five or normal job. Because look at how many entrepreneurs are literally they don't have like a physical store, but they have like an e-store. Mm-hmm. And you might have a warehouse when you get big enough. Yeah, but, there's a lot know. of e-commerce businesses coming up nowadays. Yeah, that's how I, I feel like a lot of people, at least more so recently, have been getting mm-hmm. that leg up. Which is good, because um, we're using the tools we have available to us. Yeah, exactly. But to tie in with that, I feel like because you have to, or those people will use social media, um, you see a lot of it. And that then leads to the discussion of, oh, why is not everybody trying to do this? But everybody else is just trying to work with somebody else. Why are you trying to work at, I don't know, McDonald's? Or are you trying to work at the mall? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm just giving examples. There's nothing oh. wrong with working at those places, obviously. I was like, whew, throwing a shot. That's crazy. Like that, no, 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 100%, because I'm not an entrepreneur. Like I work uh, more like a seven to three, but... Eight-hour, f- nine-hour shift, give or take. Yeah, but I feel like there's a lot of stigma to it still. Um, Would you rather up? be doing something else? What's with you and this switch-out thing? Where you get that I from? Know. I think, like, I'm just a visionary. Someone oh, my gosh. Visionary. <laughs> um, wow, Trey, he's coming for your brand. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that you got that. Um... Yeah, I think for me, like, it works. And obviously, you know, I have my own ambitions and other things that I want to do in the future. Um, for now, um, you know, for the foreseeable future, though, I don't think that it's something I can't do. I like to see most things uh, in life as things that I can do. And for X or Y reason, I may not. But 
I like to always think that this is a choice I'm making and I'm not being forced to do what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of just like my goal mentality. I don't want to ever have to feel like, Chia, I gotta say yes to this thing because I got a choice. But, um, or because other people are telling you that, like, you this is it. more ideal, this has great benefits, like, this, yeah, or this is what you should you be doing. Yeah, but they're giving like the re yeah they're giving you like reasons why and trying to like coax you in like proving all these benefits that that lifestyle has and mm-hmm. making it seem like the ultimate goal when everybody is built differently as individuals and it's not fair to tell people like everybody is doing this thing so you should be doing it too like doesn't work like that when you just look at professions in general so why would you why would you do that with like two of two smaller boxes almost and like tell people they need to be dabbling in both for me i think that well as i move up i get more and more quote-unquote headaches so like i guess that's kind of like the deterrent to being an entrepreneur because not only do you have to find some niche to operate in and you know some core group of people to support your business but you have to be accountable for all the headaches and all the small little things that come up and it's not something i'm shying away from i just i'm not in a place right now where it's something i'm pushing for directly mm-hmm. um or super actively like uh, kind of like what we talked about a while ago, like you know the long game kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's always something on my mind, or I'm thinking. You haven't. Of, oh. You haven't written it off, but it's not like yeah. it's not on the back burner right now. Yeah, I'm not like chasing it down or anything, and it's not like, something that I failed to do or accomplish because obviously I haven't had the chance to yet. Um, for me, I just always picture that if I'm doing it, I'm not doing it. Just a second, like, I know there's certain things I want to do. Um, within a nine-to-five before I take that leap. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I feel like a lot of, like, what you said, coaxing, like, a lot of people try to say, yeah, this is why you should be doing it, this way you should be doing it. But it's hard because not everyone can be an entrepreneur. Like, literally, it, everyone has to be like, a part-time entrepreneur, and that's kind of, like, you know, it happens, but it won't be ideal, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I feel like for me, like, it works and I know that's traditionally what's pushed like you know getting a government job is a very big thing back home and it's like oh well you know this person working in government they're making good money or blah 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 blah. I feel it's something I hear or traditionally but yeah I feel like the way that that whole like topic breaks down is kind of like this preconceived notion is set and you should conform to it or this is the goal you should try to conform to but kind of how you said previously everyone has their own structure that supports them or that they need so it gets dicey i agree i personally don't like when i think about what i want to end up doing i don't think i fit into either of those boxes to be quite fair because in a sense i'll be working for myself or trying to work for myself but ultimately i'll be working for other people Mm mm-hmm realistically but it also won't be a nine to five so i can't even get my input from that sense but just from what i see around me and like how i've 
the people that I've grown up around, I ha- I feel like I have a mixture of people that work nine to five or work like shift jobs and yeah. then and make a salary. And then there are people that are not traditional entrepreneurs, I would say, in mm-hmm. in the sense that like they've started their own business, but like it's such a big business now that like yeah it was their idea but like they've been able to expand so much that they've passed on and they've delegated to the Mm -hmm. point where they're still involved but they're not running their blood to water like how a lot of the younger entrepreneurs are now because it's just them which is something we discussed in the second part of this episode (laughs) which will be coming at a later date. We won't tell you any more about that. But the fact that, yeah, as a smaller business, it might just be you or it might be you and somebody else. And that's all you have. And you might look at somebody else. And the example we used was looking at people's social media. And you can tell right off the bat that they have somebody working with them and they're not posting all of that content they might be approving it and like giving input and they're a part of Mm -hmm. the process, but they have somebody on a team set up to run that for them because that's how big they've gotten and they can one afford to do that. And a lot of the times they need to do that because they just can't manage everything themselves. So I think I've been around all facets of it. And like growing up throughout secondary school, I feel like I dipped my toe in the entrepreneurial world like I didn't really start working at nine to five or like a shift job um until like a couple years ago up until then it was just like little things I tried to do and like I feel like within my secondary school environment at foundation it was encouraged to like try and start your own businesses like thinking back now I know a lot of people in my year that started their own businesses like when badges were a really big thing everybody Uh, was making badges i was like badges yeah everybody was making memory yeah the memory popped in everybody was making badges t-shirts tie-dye was big i did tie-dye at one Mm -hmm. point um yeah there were a lot of trends and even um i know a lot of people used to sell sweets at school people use honestly anything that could fit in your backpack and your school bag like you could sell at school so i feel like i've been around that kind of environment and also understand the nine to five because my mom works in nine to five and she's worked a nine to five for as long as i've been on this earth prior to me she worked um something not nine to five more like shift but I know her working at 9 to 5, and I don't know. I think, I don't think she'd ever step into something else unless, like, she retired and she decided, like, she wants to take on, like, some form of a passion project because that's... I was thinking passion project. Yeah, Yeah. because that's a lot of the time where, like, that entrepreneurial drive comes from, like, you having a passion for something or seeing, not seeing, not seeing something in the market or something's missing like you'd you'd like a certain service or yeah you'd like a certain service you'd like a certain project product it doesn't exist 
I'm going to make it because I feel passionate about that thing. So I think it's fair to say it has both have their pros and cons, highs and lows. For me personally, I don't think one is superior to the other. I do not look up to people that are one over people that do the other. Same for people that do both because it's your life at the end of the day. I think once it comes from a good place and you're not doing it for the wrong reasons, then why the hell not? Do you think, what do you think our generation pushes people to believe? Oh, hi, garage door. What do you think our generation pushes people to believe based on discussions on social media and just things that people throw around um, around these two Topics, job I guess. sectors? That's I guess. a better one. Well, firstly, I just wanted to say a shout out to the garage door, you know, making a back to back appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, on a serious note, though, I think that clearly from social media, the rest of around how people go about this whole discussion, that they push entrepreneurship as a superior choice. Um, obviously, with the whole, you know, movement where you're supporting black, supporting black owned businesses and stuff like that. That kind of highlights the importance of having your own kind of thing in the community because you can't support your own if there's no one doing it. But That's very true. Similar to what I said earlier, I don't think that you need everyone to be an entrepreneur. It's not feasible, realistically. Um, to a small degree, yes. Like, but then you also don't need everybody working nine to fives. No, of course. And it gets redundant, but... I think there's a blend between the two. Uh, we'll discuss this later. But to me, I think that there's a clear push in terms of, yeah, entrepreneurship is all that you can do, but it's very possible to work a traditional job schedule or within a traditional job schedule, be fulfilled, um, make a competent amount of money, and, you know, be happy in life. Like, there's no need for you to quit your nine to five or at a midlife, you know, midlife. Okay, I'm done with this. I just want to just do something else because someone said I should. You know, like if you want to do it, yeah, do it. But don't just feel pressured because of what society's saying. Mm-hmm. I think that a an increased prevalence of entrepreneurship is a positive thing um, because you would ideally then have more people, you know, creating and hopefully there's a bit of competition so everyone you know keeps pushing each other to improve but that is also lacking sometimes yeah because in the whole entrepreneurial world i mean i feel like you find that in the 95 too because think about it like we might have the same position right now a promotion is coming up and we're fighting head to head for it i might have found something that could be advantageous to me to get that promotion i I don't tell you about it because like Mm. Why would I want you to know that information? Yeah. And the same thing happens with entrepreneurs where we've been seeing it. I've been seeing this on Twitter a lot where people will ask about things or mention things. And it's very... Hush, hush. Yeah, the West Indian culture is very... Can't tell you about that. Like, you don't, you don't deserve to know how I got this done. 
just to throw this in there, anything that anybody has asked us thus far about this podcast, we have openly said like, and we don't even we don't even consider this a business because we've never said this, but like we've made zero money from this. Have we invested money and time into this? Yes, obviously. (laughs) But we haven't made any money from it. But aside from that, if anybody asks us anything that we openly say what it is how we got it done how we do it like we have nothing to hide obviously we're not openly just regurgitating that information all the time because mm-hmm. like you know it's tiring who wants that why but if somebody asks like we'll openly say so i think that's what you said is important yeah. that you'd want to uplift other people in your similar industry and then just entrepreneurs on a whole but that doesn't happen a lot to shout out somebody no, that does that yeah. a lot. Do you know who I'm thinking of? You might not. Um, I see people yeah. talking about him all the time on Twitter. Shane Eastman. He's uh, an artist and photographer. Yes, and he's always, always supporting local Bajans in every industry. Yeah, I feel like on Twitter especially, I do see like a lot of big ups um, from a lot of creatives in particular. I feel as though, to your point about I guess you know hiding I guess the mentality of I know X, Y, and Z and it's a secret so I don't want to enroll you in it I think that that promotes like because you know somewhere or another people are going to find out like unless it's Coca-Cola level secret it's not going to be that well kept but if I you like, have like a why? Real, <laughs> no go but like I'm just saying like why like what is yeah, the purpose what does that do for you? literally nothing unless you know i saw an interesting tweet about i can't remember her name i don't want to say the wrong person's name but it was a crochet a crochet artist and christian crochet yeah yeah uh, christian her name's Kristen. yeah okay yeah, yeah and basically she was talking about how a lot of people would steal her designs and yeah. especially big companies that she wouldn't credit it and that is on a different level I think because that's literally intellectual property mm-hmm. um, so it does get dicey in that kind of aspect but I mean if someone asks me for example what do you guys use to record on oh we use blah 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 you know what I mean it's literally just a microphone yeah like what do you what do we lose from what do you lose from giving that information to somebody else I feel like that stems from a place of obviously you don't you don't need to tell all your business and at the end of the day feel free to keep personal things personal but what do you in some situations that you're not losing anything substantial from ultimately just being nice Mm -hmm. to somebody else who is working like you but i also get the flip side of that where people feel like i've been doing this for umpteen years however many months like i've been working at perfecting my craft and then somebody that just starting up comes and asks hello what's how do you do this what did you use for this um i know a company up here in toronto that i support religiously um the silk labs they Mm. get a lot of dms asking them questions about where they're buying material how she sews who does their social media and like something she'll answer and be open about but when people like when she looks 
uh, it's kind of funny because she posts this stuff sometimes. <laughs> like when you look at the people that are asking these type of questions, like is somebody who started like two days ago tried to start a scrunchy business and is like asking because they don't want to do the research themselves mm-hmm. and they don't want to put in that work when the person that you're asking has been putting in the work and working on perfecting their crafts and now you're just like almost Kinda, piggybacking off of yeah. them Trying to get so i get it from that sense but otherwise yeah no, i get it i mean obviously you also have to know who you feel comfortable telling certain information too but if i see someone that i know like you know puts in that kind of work and they're just curious about it i think an exchange of information doesn't hurt um especially when it's something like podcasting and you can see how different people go about recording different tips and tricks like you know like for example different ways that you might want to start it you know to i guess enter the episode um do you have like a general idea of like how do you structure your episode you know those kind of questions like it's not like a super secretive thing but it's a process right and learning how someone else does a process might help you improve it mm-hmm. and the beauty of it, <laughs> exchange of information is it can go both ways and most yeah. often it does yeah. so you might learn something and you might teach something um so i think that's why like those exchanges can be beneficial but mm-hmm. yeah 100 percent. i feel like if you you know you're you've been struggling for x amount of months <laughs> and then someone's just literally like oh give me your exact game plan word for word i just want to make yeah. a quick little copy of it. yeah that's it's very not... abrupt and like it almost comes across as rude sometimes we haven't experienced that but from what i see other people post about like that can be very just out of nowhere what do you think about we've discussed like a bit of both sides what do you think about people that do both i think those are realists um because for me i feel like many people at least when you're transitioning from one to the next you have to do both you're not always blessed with an opportunity to just okay mm. stop working that's very true and then because you know you never know how things might pan out it might blow up instantaneously it might take a year it might take two mm-hmm. years um, and you might not have you know enough funds to say yeah i'm just gonna give it my job that's you know guaranteed income and i'm better all in this so i think that those people deserve i mean i feel like you know anyone that's getting up and you know trying to go to work consistently you definitely deserve uh, a, a bigger because it's not easy it's not um always easy to wake up and feel like yeah i gotta do something here or knowing that if you don't do something here you probably can't eat or you mm-hmm. know you can't support you need support and isn't really like on that deep kind of level but it, it could be said i don't think it's often said like i feel like we usually say well yeah if you're not pushing yourself 100 percent every day for 10 years then you're not doing anything but sometimes you know just trying and, and being consistent with it is worth a, a shout out i think but i feel as though if you're doing both like it takes a well t- like a lot of time management you're probably going to be running yourself thin because your nine to five is gonna be literally you know the prime hours of the day when like, your brain is probably working at maximum efficiency and then you go home and you now you have to do do this from whatever kind of hours it demands really and you might really end up working um 20 hours most days or 18 hours most days because you're working nine to five uh you probably gotta get from you know seven o'clock to make sure you get ready you get it home at seven o'clock six thirty and then you gotta do your next job for another three or four hours at least 
So I think like it, it, it takes a lot and not everyone can do it, but that goes for a lot of things. So Something that came into my mind when you said that is the level of accountability that is involved with entrepreneurship and then even more so when you decide to have a full-time job and do something on the side um because the whole term side hustle has been very popular these past couple of years but 100%. i think accountability really comes into play there because at that point when you're literally <laughs> <laughs> Neil is just cracking his damn neck in the middle of this episode. Uncomfortable. Face palm. No. So yeah, when you're literally being your own boss, as it's commonly said, I think you are working at the peak in terms of your level of accountability or you have to be in order to be seeing some type of growth within whatever you've endeavored into because there's nobody on your back there's nobody reminding you it's the same thing like when you go from secondary school into like tertiary level education post-secondary education nobody is checking for you like no one if you're not pulling up like that's on you that is on you and I feel like that happens when you start your own business so that's something that you have to bear in mind because you might have this really great idea or have a really nice concept think that this is something that I can do it might seem easy it people think it's so easy to run a business (laughs) and I'm like Neil keeps talking about it for future things and I'm like huh what uh, where what What is this guy talking about for who who's gonna do that me oh okay i I have another idea but i won't say it gotta keep it secretive yes please do (laughs) i think it's yeah there's a lot of things that might like slip your mind in the process by the same time i think it's very this is something else that's tied to entrepreneurship a lot of the time is taking that risk because there's a lot of risk involved um, even it, as you said, from transitioning to a nine-to-five to being your own boss, if you don't have that transitional period at all times, like, and you just like end one to start the other, like, there's a level, there's yeah, a period of time, yeah, there's a period of time where you might not be doing anything, might take a while for your business to start up, even if you have your other job. So there's always a level of risk involved as well. Um, people that do both i salute you um me personally i would not make that kind of endeavor unless i knew i could do it 110 percent both both aspects of my life because i'm for whatever reason built in the way that when i start something i have to finish it my parents just program me (laughs) to work this way when i was younger i joined the choir and then like maybe like a month into choir or something because i don't think it was like choir that happened during i don't remember what it was anyways i've it was never choir. heard this story because i i didn't really i don't remember this and then my mom brought it out the other day and i was I'm like interested to hear it it doesn't i was seem like, like something you would hide uh, anyways <laughs> so i joined the choir i was in it for however long and then one day i just came home and i was like 
I don't want to do choir anymore. And my parents were like, what? And I was like, I don't, I don't want to do choir anymore. Like, we weren't paying for it or anything. It was just, like, something that I could do through school because it was school mm-hmm. choir or whatever. So there wasn't – in my head, I was like, there's no monetary commitment. Like, yeah, I'm going to just say I'm not coming back and just drop out. Like, and my parents were just like, no. And I was like, why? <laughs> and they said – I started it. I committed to her name's Miss Moist, the lady that was leading the choir. Yeah. I committed to her and to the choir on a whole. So I'm gonna finish the choir. <laughs> and I was like, uh. clearly I was not impressed. But at that point in time, what my parents said was what went. So at that point in time. For the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kidding. We could do a whole episode on that, but I've I fight about my parents a lot now. Um, as I get older. But yeah, um, more of the story, I finished the choir and since then and like other instances like that, I've always had that mentality where like I'm very hesitant to when I, I think about when I'm offered something or when there's an opportunity, I think about the long run a lot because I don't ever want to say yes to something and then have to say no. I'd rather say no from the beginning rather than doing it half-ass and mm-hmm. having to, like... That pillow. Yeah, exactly. So my one thing would be if you are trying to do both or do entrepreneurship or even just nine to five if you're moving from entrepreneurship to nine whatever it is like neil said it like consistency that you have to be consistent and be committed to whatever you're doing in life because humans we can be so lazy it's really easy yeah that's the thing if it was hard i mean if it was easy everybody would be doing it it would be no problem piece of cake like we'd all be thriving but it's not easy. It's not freaking easy. Nothing's easy. So making sure that you're thinking those things through beforehand is very important to me, at least, because I don't like to see. I mean, things happen. Life happens. But me personally, I don't like to see the flip floppy things where you're in and out and all over the place. Yeah. One thing I want to add to the job security point that kind of came up there. Um, I do think that that is something that's overrepresented in 9to5s because mm. obviously everybody was hit by the pandemic, but like the amount of layoffs that happened like in no time, that really shows you like where your job security could really and truly be worth. Um, now, a big thing that I've been kind of coming to grips with since coming up here is make yourself indispensable. Um, more mm-hmm. so in the last year and a half, really two years since I was working, mm-hmm. making yourself indispensable because that's when you know if they leave, if you if they have to give you up, they can do it begrudgingly, and somebody can be more than happy to take you back in, yeah. as opposed to you know just being someone that they like to see but not like they feel like they need to have, yeah. Because then when they can't have you back, it's like okay, you know we have a problem, um. Because you don't want to, realistically, you don't want to put yourself in a situation where your name is first on chopping block. You always want to have that mm-hmm. option. So I think that's 
very important because like a nine to five yeah it seems more consistent and that's how we've been raised and to a certain extent led to believe because, but because it's, it's structure not, yeah it's structure but it's in him like you know your business that business could, could get well obviously the likelihood is much Less. smaller yeah in theory but it's still a possibility you know that business could literally fail and now you gotta get let, let go and like mm-hmm. no one expected that so yeah that's something i've been noticed as well i'm thankful that i've learned that kind of thing because I'm, I'm continuing to learn it because like otherwise i would think yeah you know what i made a hundred dollars this week i'm gonna make a hundred dollars the rest of my year let me mm-hmm. see how this money can stretch but now it's like okay actually I could say maybe for the next four weeks I might have this, but I don't know what happened in two months. Yeah. I might say I don't want work here in two months, or they might say they don't want me here in two months. You know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. Something that, that came kind to of mind thing. when you said that a business that came to mind was Liat. Mm. When you were talking about the job security thing, but I've also experienced that just from um, all of the adult family members that I've been around. They all were able to fully continue working throughout the pandemic and still have their job now that we've gone into a more open space Mm -hmm. with social distancing and what's not and they've all repeatedly said it's because one they've been at these companies for years but two because they're valuable and as you said they're they've now become indisposable if the company would lose more money having to pay them out and would lose value from Mm -hmm. them as an individual not having them so mm. when you look at it like that it's it's, it's not yeah. cute uh, you know it's very iffy. It, it takes time to to work to that point very much um, so but effort it, but it's worth i it. think like you if you have that mindset from day one eventually that's gonna start to show and yeah. your superiors will realize okay like this person in the building yeah okay this person is worth it kind of thing do you think not do you think how are we starting this <laughs> i don't oh, think not at all garage door again oh that's not a good thing to say um <laughs> what are your thoughts on how people view entrepreneurs younger entrepreneurs because of bad experiences people have had not necessarily with that person but just within that realm with customer service are you um, being more, I guess, are you speaking more so to like having net less than positive customer service experiences? Like, would you personally shy away from supporting somebody smaller, supporting mm-hmm. an entrepreneur, supporting local because there's a chance that like you're not gonna get the same type of service that you could get if you just went to like a corporation almost kind of um i would say it depends um yeah i don't like to do cookie cutter on most things mm-hmm. uh, unless it's something where like your effort can you know more than clearly be seen as the difference maker because you know although people are in the same age group and that might have certain tendencies it, it won't be the rule for everybody in it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, somebody in that group is going to think differently from the rest. So, I wouldn't write off everybody. Obviously, you know, it might be something to note of. Like, okay, let me be wary of this as a possibility. But I never really c- catch myself saying, oh, actually, 
this person is of X, Y, and Z age, so I might not want to support them. Sometimes a differentiator for me is like convenience, mm-hmm. because sometimes you don't have the time to like wait that extra week for shipping or. I guess go to that place as opposed to getting like delivered. It, it depends really, but I've never really found myself. Sometimes too, you don't even know the age of entrepreneurs yeah. unless you know the person beforehand. So that's why it also came get hard. But to that point, if I have a negative experience with somebody and like a really negative experience and like not just like okay, like you know some fault in the system, but like they're just acting kind of holier than thou and all this and all that, then mm-hmm. it's like okay. I might be reluctant to. Uh, sorry, I probably wouldn't really want to give my money to that person, but I guess you you know you live and learn with those experiences. Yeah, I think for me it's more. Sometimes I might have my radar on mm-hmm. um, when approaching certain people, because with everything in life, like when you have an expectation and that's not met, like you, your next step is to kind of like shut down in a sense because that's not what you were expecting that's not what you were in for essentially so sometimes for me I think I'll like tell myself like okay don't expect x y and z and if I get more than that I'm like pleasantly surprised and Mm. impressed and then I can speak highly of that experience and that person and then if it doesn't go so well I can kind of backtrack not going out to bash anybody like maybe I'll tell my small circle like (laughs) oh this is the experience I had with this business this person um but it would never be a case where I would publicly say anything and like bash anybody like yeah i, I think, think we saw that a couple of times over quarantine yeah 100 i have no problem with you like warning other people if it's really disgusting but me personally like if you speak to me in a sort of way that i know i shouldn't be spoken to i'm gonna just tell you all right cool <laughs> backtrack and that's the be end so. of it that's the end of it i don't know yeah, right. it might be nice for you to almost debrief somebody who might be thinking of experiencing that person or business or whatever but I personally don't feel like I need to do that and I'm not a confrontational person so I'm also not about to just spread some business out there so Mm -hmm. I get that the thing I would add would be (laughs) <laughs> that, that I think that would be an exception not the rule and the reason I say that is because word of mouth especially for like smaller businesses it's very big mm-hmm. if you go to somebody that's selling t-shirts and you and you tell your best friends that hey guys these t-shirts are the most comfortable t-shirts I ever had if you come telling me that hey I like this th- these hats from this place I'm going to be inclined to check it out and maybe buy it and see what it's like. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're coming to tell me that these hats was the worst hats you ever had in your life, they smell bad when you get it, they can't fit properly, I'll be like, okay, that's definitely not going to be money. I already blacklisted. Yeah. I don't even going to go and check it. It just in my head, it's just already out either. And that's how, that's how consumers think. Um, it's really like, if you hear a positive experience from somebody, you might check it out. If you're a negative experience from somebody you trust, you're probably going to read it off too, unless you yeah. have a conflicting experience. So even if like you might not feel the need to blast someone, like if it is negative enough, obviously I think I would blast them or like you know 
tell like a significant amount of people. I know, you know, even if I don't like go on my social media and just put it out, I might tell like from my mom to my best friends that like, yo, I had a really bad experience here. Yeah, I don't know what to do. But like for me, it's like you can't really be risking that if you want to be successful. You might get past with it, but the way that people have been holding more people accountable this to a degree you know a certain demographic still gets away with it in terms of like not being cancelled yeah quote unquote, when they do really really suspect things but you can't you can't really be opening yourself up to that risk or willing, be willing to take that risk unnecessarily like it is very important like customers and internal external like anybody working for you and people that are trying to well having to support you really you can't really be neglecting them and you know treating them a certain way and expecting them to just take it and take still it. come and support you and f- and give you money to buy groceries like, etc et so and that's something i think a lot of people don't think about in the beginning as well they think like oh i have this great idea i'm skillful i can produce this i can facilitate this and then when they have to communicate with other people it's like oh shoot I don't really know how to do this. Mm-hmm. It's kind For of your fault. Yeah. Like in the armor. Which is fair. You can't be good at everything. And like with everything, things come with practice. And what's not, I think you just have to, you know, do your research, listen. I think something that's really big up here, and I use this a lot, um, is Google reviews. Mm-hmm. When I'm going to... Not as a bigger company, a company that's been registered, has registered themselves with Google, meaning you can find them as a business on Google and all their information. Um, I'll check the Google reviews if I've never been there before, see what um, people are saying, because on there, you can be honest, you don't even have to put your name, like whatever your Google account says is what you'll show up as. Um, and it's normally a pretty good gauge as to people's experiences there. You can look at like, the top reviews which is the reviews that have gotten the most traction and attention from the newest reviews so the reviews that people have left like within the past couple of days and it honestly gives me a good gauge as to whether or not it's a good place to um patronize yes or if i should avoid it i think that's a bit harder to do with a lot of the instagram stores and people that are primarily running their business on instagram because when they post the reviews Guess what? The comments. It's always going to be positive. They are never going to show you when people bash them because what? why would they do that? Why are they going to show when somebody comes in their DMs and tells them, <laughs> I didn't know, like your service? Like, no, they're yeah, not yeah. going to do that. So and so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's not going to happen. So that's a bit harder to gauge. Again, as Neil said, you'll have to go word of mouth from that one. Um, but other than that, Feel it out. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is also very hard to have, like, Google reviews back home because, yeah, it's a thing, but it's going to be more sporadic. It won't be as widespread, mm-hmm. and it might not be as used as much. You might see, like, one or two, and you can't really trust one person. Twitter it is insightful, could be though. a good Google review, Twitter please. Is a great Google review for back home. Like, I have, like, six <gasps> or seven Twitter reviews. Twitter reviews. Write that down. Write that down. Oh my gosh, I'm going to pitch that to Twitter next week. Just I like We're going to do it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, but no, I um, I have like five or six places. 
in my head, I, I was what I want to go to, and like I'm not gonna go to them anymore because I've heard suspect things in terms of how they treat people that look like me back home. So it's just like stuff like that, you know what I mean, like that kind of thing. I don't even know the person that posted, it, but from reading up on it, it was reported by multiple people, and to me, it makes sense that it's nothing out of the realm of possibility. So just offer that, you know, that place has lost money. Um, I think so I this think is a great like, discussion. Yeah, we dived into the topic of nine to five versus entrepreneurship, and the best part of it all is we have a part two to this episode. Lala. We will not tell you right now who part two is with. It is with, I guess he considers himself an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yes. I would say. Um. Yes. Yeah, I'm thinking that too now. So stay tuned for that episode. It's going to come out next Saturday following this episode. So look out for that. We hope that you enjoyed this discussion. Please interact with us. Let us know your thoughts on the topic. Drop review. Um, yeah. We also didn't mention this in the last two episodes, which is when I think we made it. But we made a Twitter. Ah, yes. We didn't do that, eh? So, follow us on Twitter, and you can say the Twitter name because my brain can't move that fast. We always go at Too Young for an Old Talk podcast. You can actually just use the initials. No, because the thing is, it's, yeah, exactly, it's the acronym. So, it's T-Y-F-O-A? A-O. No, A-O. It's A-O. I said it too quickly. T. See? My brain can't do that. Podcast. On Twitter, follow us. Um, it gives us a closer relation to yeah. the Twitter world and the Twitter drama because we're always discussing things that you we see, see from Twitter. Yeah, I agree. Keep a, keep our hands in the pulse, you know. But until next time, it was good to have you. We're out.